Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to another Cryptique After Hours. I, unusually, am the one introducing it, Ryan, and I am joined, as always, by Jay. The only man I know who thinks the Bermuda Triangle is just playing hard to get. Jay, how's it going? The Bermuda Triangle, my daughter's uh, BJJ submission, is the Bermuda Leg Triangle. She, she gets a leg around the back of your head and hooks it with her other leg, and you go nighty-night. So, yes, love the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> but you know what I like more? The Alaskan Triangle. We're going to do a long podcast on the Alaskan Triangle because there's so much cool stuff. But, yeah, that's all I got. Do you want me to tell them what they need to know? Yeah, your turn. All right. Crypt Keepers, please visit crypticpodcaststore.com. Look at the stuff that we're slanging and buy something. Because you get something, we get a little bit, and you get a cool shirt or a sticker or a glass. We're working on hats, and uh, I know Ryan wants to do some uh, yoga men's yoga pants. So we'll see about that. Maybe a pickleball racket or something. Uh, so check that out. We're going to get some mall walking shoes. They really have pickleball rackets on Teespring. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. But anyway, you can find us on TikTok at Cryptique underscore podcast. YouTube at Cryptique podcast. X podcast evil. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, you can find us on Gab. You can find us on Truth Social. We're on Facebook. And, uh. I guess that's all you really need to know for now. Anyway, do you, you want me to tell them what we're talking about so you can hear some pronunciation? Sure. Yeah, that would actually be very helpful because I've been looking at these wondering <laughs> like, okay, I just I just listened to a podcast earlier today with a lot of, you know, Aztec type spellings, Mesoamerican spellings. Yeah. And they're talking about the way, like the sound an X makes in this situation versus that situation. This would, it would help. Well, we're going to do our best. So tonight, we're talking about the grisly legend of Zipe Totec, the Mesoamerican god of human flame. But I like Mexican skin god better, but I guess I don't have a, a say. Very, <laughs> it's a very specific thing to be a god of. Yeah. Yeah, it's oddly specific. Ceremonies honoring Zipe Totec were often brutal, involving human sacrifices and skinning of corpses, but the deity was also revered as a god of spring and rebirth, with the human skin seen as merely the husk that harbored the seed of life within. Zipe Totec, known as Our Lord the Flayed One, <laughs> held a unique and somewhat unsettling position within the pantheon of Mesoamerican deities. While Mesoamerican cultures boasted a diverse array of gods, Zipe Totec's distinctiveness and at times terror-inducing nature set him apart. He held particular prominence among the Toltec and Aztec civilizations where he assumed the roles of the god of spring, like you just said, the patron deity of seeds and agriculture, and the guardian of those skilled in metal and gemstone craftsmanship. On the surface, these associations may seem benign or even beneficial. However, the rituals associated with Zipe Totec painted a far more gruesome picture. 
as a symbol of the rejuvenation of life and nature each spring, often referred to as the new skin of the earth, Zipe Totec engaged in a most macabre practice. He was typically depicted draped in the freshly flayed skin of a human sacrifice, serving as a stark reminder of the cyclical nature of life and death. <sighs> Worship involved a series of rituals, all of which incorporated the act of human sacrifice. These rites underscored the complex interplay of life, death, and rebirth within Mesoamerican belief systems. So in summary, our Lord the Flayed One, your boy Zipe, mm -hmm. was a deity of profound significance in the Toltec and Aztec cultures. His multifaceted role was coupled with rituals that revolved around the gruesome practice of flaying human skin. This unsettling juxtaposition of life, death, and renewal made him one of the most distinct and enigmatic figures in Mesoamerican ding, ding, mythology. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Zipe Totec's place in Mesoamerican mythology. So's origins are a subject of historical debate with several hypotheses proposed by scholars. And I, I just love that. You know, it's just like some old white dudes being like, eh. well, I mean, they told us this, but we're just going to figure it out for ourselves. So one perspective is suggested by the World History Encyclopedia suggests that Zipe Totec may have emerged from the Olmec culture. The Olmec people, pioneers of what is believed to be the first Mesoamerican civilization along the Gulf of Mexico and the Veracruz coast, could have contributed to his early development. I love that it's like, we're going to create this character. We have to, you know, develop it along the way and, you know, make it, uh, I guess, pop for the people. <laughs> So another theory says that Zipe Totec's roots may be traced to the Yope civilization of the Guerrero Highlands. It wasn't until the 9th century CE that representations of Zipe Totec began to appear in art, notably within the Mazapan culture at Texcoco. It's funny, we call our dog Marzipan sometimes, and I think Marzipan is also like a sedative. Anyway, by this time, various Mesoamerican cultures, including the Aztecs, had started incorporating the worship of Zipe Totec in some form. If your leaders are like, you know, we're going to start worshiping this god that likes to skin people, it's time to move or revolt. So, just, just saying. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're there are people in this country ready to revolt because... Their leader keeps tripping upstairs. Mm -hmm. Sniffing. Imagine if he was like, all right, bring me my ceremonial skin. Right. <laughs> all right. So even the Maya depicted uh, Zipe Toltec in some of their art. But who exactly was Zipe Toltec to the Mesoamerican cultures? And why did they venerate him so extensively? So, yeah, I mean, why are we promoting this? According to Mesoamerican mythology, Zipe Totec was the offspring of Omiteotl, the original androgynous deity who later split into two Amiachotli and Omekhuatl, responsible for creating the entire cosmos. In Aztec belief, Zipe Totec was also the sibling of three major gods. Uh, Ryan knows these gods as Tezcatlipoca, Huitzilopochtli, 
and Quetzalcoatl. Each of these deities played central roles in Aztec mythology. One was linked to the night sky, hurricanes, obsidian, and conflict. One was the patron god of the Aztecs, closely associated with the sun and warfare. And Quetzalcoatl was the god of the morning and evening star, later becoming the patron saint of priests, the inventor of books and the calendar, and a symbol of death and rebirth. You can clap anytime you want. Good. Glad it wasn't a slow clap. Similar to Zipe Totec. No, it was a very enthusiastic right. one. As I was, as I'm sitting here with my hands behind my head, <laughs> chilling, chilling, listening to you pronounce you. the. I, honestly, I was actually amazed. <laughs> I was like, there, "There's a witch helping him." Yeah, I've got my hand on the Ouija board. That's right. Similar to Zipe Totec, rituals dedicated to these gods often involved human sacrifice, which connected them to themes of death. In the case of Zipe Totec, he was believed to be the source of diseases that afflicted humanity. So maybe that says something as to we're not worshiping you by choice, right? Like we're worshiping you because we're going to get diseases if we don't and get our skin flayed. So many sacrifices made to him were intended either to prevent or cure illness. It's a complex web of mythology, Ryan. And ritual underscores the profound and multifaceted role that Zipe Totec played within the Mesoamerican cultures. We'll talk about the gruesome festival dedicated to Zipe Totec after a quick break. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Ryan, tell us about the Gruesome Festival. Gruesome. During the second month of the Aztec calendar year, approximately in April, devotees of Zipe celebrated a festival known as Tlacaxa Pejuela Zitli. All right, man. <laughs> I warned you about putting that Ouija board on your desk and using it as a mouse pad. Is it is your mouse moving around on its own? Did you invite a spirit in that allowed you to say that like that? I'm flowing with the energy of the earth. I have no shoes on, and I'm receiving <laughs> magnetic impulses through my toes. You've been getting treatments from Dr. Macklin. I have. Haven't you? Never All right. Have. So this translates to the flaying of men. As the name implies, the festival is marked by its rather gruesome and elaborate rituals. It spanned a month, equivalent to 20 days in the Aztec calendar. The participants, often prisoners of war, underwent a series of intricate ceremonies and practices leading up to their ultimate sacrifice. On the second day of the festival, the captives were compelled to engage in combat against well-armed adversaries. Those who displayed exceptional bravery, either by winning their predetermined fights or by meeting their fate with dignity, were honored during the festival. Either way, their ultimate destiny remained the same. Sacrifice. Typically, this involved the removal of the captives' hearts and skins, with the hearts being offered to the sun. In some cases, their bodies were partially consumed. The flayed skins were then worn by young men known as Zipami, I'm going to assume... Sipeme. Sipeme. Trust me. Aptly called the skinned ones. 
They donned these gruesome garments for the entirety of the festival, parading through the city and engaging in simulated conflicts. Spanish observers who later chronicled the event noted that by the 20th day, the skins had deteriorated significantly. So nature is <laughs> taking effect on these things, and I bet it smelled fantastic. Oh, gosh. At the conclusion of the 20th day, the Sepeme partook in a feast and finally shed their flayed skins, burying them in a cave beneath the city's central temple. Another integral aspect of the festival involved preparations that took place prior to its commencement. For 40 days leading up to the event, a member of the community would dress as Zipe Totec, adorned with bright red feathers and golden jewelry. Other participants would impersonate the eight other major gods from Mesoamerican mythology, including Quetzalcoatl. Then, on the festival's first day, these impersonators were sacrificed and subjected to the same skinning ritual. The skins were dyed yellow and referred to as... Teokwitlakwemitl. <laughs> which were worn as golden robes by priests during ritual dances and ceremonies or by the skinned ones. While these rituals may appear gruesome by contemporary standards, the Mesoamerican people held profound reverence for the act of wearing another's skin. I guess everything is relative. Believe for that. Right. You know that ain't right, dude. Come on. Yeah, it was it was symbolic <laughs> of the earth's rejuvenation each spring and represented an understanding of living as a seed within a husk, much like an ear of corn, embodying themes of life, death, and renewal. So Kim and I just got done a while ago playing um, like the first PS5 game I've played almost since I got the thing. Uh, I am so Horizon Forbidden West. how this gets into skin flame. It's Horizon Forbidden West. Now, the Horizon game series takes place about 1,100-ish years from now. Mm -hmm. So, basically, the world keeps going the way we're going now, and everything goes pear-shaped. Yeah. Uh, the world basically ends. There's a plague of machines that were originally intended to like consume trash and biomass and things and kind of help get the earth back in shape but they go off the rails and they just start consuming basically all life wow. and it's a race to like set a system in place that will bring humanity back after these machines are done doing everything they're doing and kind of run their course mm -hmm. so it's a really complicated story but basically you find that things went wrong during that process. Like the knowledge that was supposed to be passed down wasn't right. Some people have gained knowledge of how these ancient systems worked. So the machines that still exist don't quite operate the way they should, mm -hmm. but you find all these different tribes. And in some cases it's really obvious where their inspiration comes from. Gotcha. You know, they have different religions and cultures based on, you know, there's one that you find in the forbidden West where their culture is basically based off of the U.S. military because mm -hmm. their tribe came up near this um, military museum that still had, like, functioning power, and so some of the displays still worked and things like that, and they basically based their society around that. There's another society that's very much based around, like, corporate culture because of documents that they found. And one of them, which is the whole reason I'm bringing this up, you know, you're trying to convince them to fight some of these things that are happening to save themselves. And they're like, no, 
This is all part of the cycle, life, death, and rebirth. And it's kind of an interesting aspect of their culture that when you are born as a Nutaru, you get a seed pouch. This little pouch that is like sewn into your clothing in this kind of intricate swirl where it kind of sort of goes over your heart. And when you die, somebody from your family or somebody that loves you or that you love, whatever, is supposed to take that and plant it in your memory. Mm. Like instead of having just like a normal cemetery, they have these gardens where, you know, your seed pouch goes. And I think that's way, way better than wanting to skin somebody and wear like a J leather jacket for 20 days that is rotting and stinking and then burying it in a cave under the church. I'm going to come back as poison ivy. So beware. <laughs> poison ivy the plant or poison ivy the hot chick from DC Comics? Hmm. Now I've been faced with a <laughs> dilemma. <laughs> decisions, decisions. <laughs> well, if I had the option. All right. All right. Do you want to get into art? I do. And its depiction? Okay. It's grim. Zipe Totec is frequently depicted wearing the freshly flayed skin of a sacrificial victim, striking an unsettling visual representation, as I'm sure you can imagine. Within Mesoamerican cultures, he was revered as a symbol of life's emergence from dormant earth and the growth of new plants from seeds. The imagery of Zipe Totec can be found across various artistic mediums and cultures throughout Mesoamerica, including paintings, sculptures, and masks. That might be on the cover. Many portrayals emphasize his face, often depicted as bloated and grotesque with the flayed skin conspicuously fastened behind his head. Numerous representations of Zipe Totec also feature an incision over the heart area signifying the removal of sacrificial hearts. Some depictions go further by showing him holding the heart of the sacrifice, underscoring his connection to the ritualistic aspects of death and rebirth. From a modern perspective, it may seem perplexing that a deity as terrifying and associated with gruesome rituals as Zipe Totec could have been immensely popular among the Mesoamerican cultures. Those people are hardcore, man. I'm saying. Wow. In the people that, you know, were the impersonators that dressed up like him, that's cool for about a day. And then after that, you know, you get flayed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you've got to understand that the concept of human sacrifice was prevalent in many parts of the pre-modern world, not limited to Mesoamerica. And these cultures didn't perceive human sacrifice as the termination of one's existence, but rather as an offering to a higher power, and in some cases, an honor, like those impersonators. For these societies, the belief that one's life could acquire greater significance after death and contribute to the welfare of the community made such sacrifices less cruel in their eyes than they might appear to us today, which makes sense. Not many, how many people do you know that would willingly give their lives just to make the world a better place? Yeah, a lot of people would be like, eh, I don't mind if people are shitting on the sidewalk in San Francisco enough to die for it. All right. Well, many Mesoamerican cultures also held beliefs in reincarnation, where death was not seen as the end, but rather as a transition to another state of being. 
Nonetheless, it's perhaps fortunate that certain practices associated with deities like Zipe Totec, such as human flame, have become nothing more than remnants of a bygone era. As societies have evolved, so too have their beliefs and practices, leaving behind the more gruesome aspects of their past in favor of less violent, sometimes more violent, and more humane expressions of spirituality and cultural identity. Final thoughts after a quick break? Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. What's your final thoughts on this guy? Or this god? I think it's uh, really hardcore to us today but probably pretty you know normal to them sort of figure i think i i don't know i can see some of the lessons of it and some of this the symbolism being useful in the idea of like self-sacrifice and duty and your place in the world as you know you're part of a cycle it's not about you mm-hmm. you know i i don't know if you ever used to read cracked when it was occasionally like first out, it was a comedy site. It was it used to be really good. And then they started making some YouTube videos that were also very good and stuff that they hosted on their own site. Mm-hmm. But there was one where I don't know who wrote it, but it was Soren Bowie talking and God, it was some kind of, uh, they were talking about basically older people and the way the generations hate each other. Mm-hmm. And he, he's saying, and I'm not going to say it as elegantly as him because I wasn't planning on talking about this. This is off the top of my head. Sure. But he's basically saying every generation, like the reason you have that whole like, oh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket because of this new generation and their, you know, their their newspapers or their telephones or their cars or their computers or their cell phones or their TikTok or their, you know, mm-hmm. Apple Vision Pro or whatever else is going to come. You know, that that is probably like a fearful reaction because we all want to believe that the world will be marked in some way by our passing and that we mattered. And even even if it only mattered because we were there to see the end. Hmm. So I think this kind of maybe would help um, kind of stave off some of that cynicism of like, (laughs) well, without me, the world is doomed. You know, it's. Hey, it's cool, man. The war, It's a cycle. Everything's a cycle. We all do our part. We're all part of the same society, the same, you know, mechanisms going forward. Yeah, but we don't want to be the part of the mechanism that brings like about the <laughs> end of the world. Yeah. All right. What about you? What are your thoughts? I think that there's a lot of things that went on in these Mesoamerican cultures that we see as absolutely brutal. And unfortunately, this God and the worship of this God, these ways made it easy for Europeans to see them as less than human. Look at what they're doing to their own people. We've got to eliminate these people. Sure. Yeah, I think that 
I think we've always been good as a species of fi at, at finding ways to dehumanize others and to find excuses. Yeah. To, like you said, to, to tell ourselves we have to do this. Right. I mean, they're telling their people, yes, we are going in to steal their gold, but they're demons. They're, look at what they worship. They have these, you know, demons that look like uh, serpents, flying serpents. And they kill their own people and sacrifice them. These are savages. They must be eliminated. And savages. You know, I'm sure there were plenty of people that uh, were involved in the massacre of the Mesoamericans. But there mm. were definitely some that maybe were on the fence about like, hey, you know, I don't feel right about just going to somebody's land and killing them. Yeah. But then they're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm serving God. I'm killing these awful demons. So mm. in some way, I think that this brought about their demise. And you can look at that on a lot of different levels, but <sighs> it's a lot... Sorry it's a lot easier to go in and just massacre people that you believe are, you know, evil demons than it would be if you saw them as, you know, human beings. Yeah. All yep. right. You want me to tell them what they need to know? Sure. All right. Let us know what you think about skin flame at cryptiquepodcast at gmail.com. And Too enthusiastic, bare-boned thumbs up. <laughs> and you can find us on TikTok at cryptique underscore podcast, YouTube at cryptique podcast, X at evil podcast. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. We're on Truth Social. We're on Gab. And whatever else is out there, we'll, we'll try and keep up with. I, I don't know. I make no promises. But check out our merchandise at crypticpodcaststore.com and I'm going to put a link to the Nightcrawler line in the show notes. Mm. So what do we always say? Don't sleep. Cryptique. Good evening, Crypt Keepers. <laughs>